0: professionals parents and military kids please like share and subscribe and we appreciate your comments questions and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about hello for the sake of the child podcast listeners we are so excited to let you know that we're starting a new podcast series focused on children of national guard and reserve personnel We know that there are military children in almost every zip code, with nearly three-quarters of a million children of National Guard and Reserve personnel living in communities all around the United States. We want to ensure that these children, who serve alongside their parents, are not forgotten. This We Serve to National Guard and Reserve Children podcast series will help parents, educators, and community members better support NGR military kids and better connect families to resources designed to support them. Watch for new Military Child Education Coalition Professional Development Curriculum. We serve, too, for educators, school administrators, and other youth-serving professionals so that they be better equipped to identify and support the National Guard and Reserve children in their schools and communities.
1: Welcome, everyone, to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Susan Sellers, and I'm a spouse of an active duty service member, parent to three military kids, parent to parent educator, and now a podcast host at the Military Child Education Coalition. Today we're going to talk about National Guard and Reserve Connected Children, and with me is Dr. Carolyn Davis. Dr. Carolyn Davis has worked in the field of education as a school counselor in Sevier County for the past 18 years. She's been a military spouse for the past 24 years and has a passion for working with military-connected students. Dr. Davis served on the aim High Tennessee Steering Committee Advising on Issues Affecting Military Students, and additionally, she served as the Military Family Education Liaison for the State of Tennessee, working in conjunction with the Military-Interstate Compact Commission. The role of the military family education liaison is to assist military families with school transition issues and relocating moves from state to state. She advocates for both the state and the national level on issues affecting military children and their families. She also has served as the adjunct faculty member for Carson Newman University where she has earned her master's in EDS from Lincoln Memorial University, and also her doctorate in educational leadership and supervision from Liberty University. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much for letting me speak with you today.
1: So as we can tell from your bio, you definitely have a connection being a military spouse with the military, but how did you become involved with the National Guard and Reserve families?
2: My husband served in the National Guard for um, the past 30 years and just recently retired. So as a school counselor, I've worked with students whose parents have served in the National Guard and been deployed. So I became involved through my husband's work and also my work as a school counselor.
1: Okay. And as an educator, would you share with us who exactly are our National Guard and Reserve children?
2: Certainly, National Guard and Reserve children are oftentimes invisible and isolated in the school setting in comparison to um, their active, du- active duty children. Um, for example, school staff at a school located near a military installation are aware military children attend their school. In the case of the National Guard and Reserve children, they may be the only National Guard or Reserve student attending their school. They are spread across the state. and typically not clustered near any military installations. So, for example, a guardsman or reservist who has a civilian job in his home community may be stationed several hours away with the National Guard or Reserve. The school may be aware that the parent works um, in the community but may not be aware that they also serve in the Guard or Reserve. So this can become uh, challenging during a military deployment because the school may not be aware of the child's situation. And sometimes during military deployments, uh, children actually may move closer to relatives which could result in a school change. National Guard and Reserve children in most cases do not move as much as, they're active, as active duty children, but this um, c- still can occur. That's why I feel like it's so important that schools are aware of their National Guard and Reserve families, so they're able to offer the necessary support.
1: Absolutely. It sounds like they they definitely are having a lot of challenges, like our active duty. Um, military-connected children, and you know whether it's their academic career or having to relocate because a reservist or national guard parent has deployed. Could we delve just a little bit further, though, and maybe into some of the specific social, emotional, and academic needs that these children may be having?
2: Certainly. Um, again, I think there's there can be a feeling of isolation. Um, especially in the school setting because they're not around other military children or they may not be aware of other military children in their school. Uh, So, uh, especially during deployments or other types of transition, they may uh, not have a peer group that they can share their experiences or express their feelings with their peers uh, regarding the situation. Also, their teacher and counselor may be unfamiliar with military deployments or just understanding how military deployments work, Um, so they may not um, know the best way to provide support and resources. I think the absence of a parent for any child is challenging, um, but without a support structure, this becomes increasingly difficult and frustrating for children. Uh, This frustration uh, may lead to behavior issues, which could result in a decrease in grades. I think it's important for schools to create a support structure, um, and especially those schools um, that are not familiar with uh, the military. It's important that they receive training for their teachers and counselors so they understand the best way to assist students who are experiencing these either transitions from a move or a transition from a deployment or even the return of a parent, a parent who may have suffered you know, an injury uh, or the reintegration process. I think it's important for teachers and counselors to have an understanding of how to support those kids during those times.
1: Absolutely, and a lot of things that you touched upon, the resources that are available to our active duty families I, I'm wondering, are these resources not available to our National Guard and reservists, or are they are are they not aware of them in their community?
2: I think it's more that they're not aware of them in their community. And again, um, as I stated previously, you may have uh, a student who's out of school or living in a community where there are no other military families. So there may not be resources in that area and then if the parents are unaware or not linked in to some type of resource through the National Guard or Reserve Unit to know where the resources are. So I I think it's more not a lack of resources but maybe a lack of knowledge on how to access the resources because they're not readily available in their community.
1: Okay, interesting. So I know children, um, especially military active children, are tracked in their school systems through the Military Student Identifier, MSI. Can you explain a little bit more how that works and does that factor in for our National Guard and Reserve Connected Children?
2: Okay, yes. Um, the Military uh, Student Identifier recognizes military connected students as a distinct subgroup. Uh, and provides local educators with information to better serve military children. Um, However, the identifier only applies to active duty children in most states. The identifier is usually included on the enrollment paperwork at the school level. Tennessee did include the National Guard and Reserve uh, in their military student identifier, and there are some other states that have included the National Guard and Reserve. but again, however, not all states have included the National Guard or Reserve um, in that identifier. So um, I I strongly believe the Military Student Identifier provides um, the local school district very valuable information for school personnel to know who their military children are, um, Especially on a district level where students attend school and even at that local school, it helps the teacher and the counselor to know which students are um, have parents who are serving in the military through the National Guard or Reserve. Um, because we all know that the, the kids don't come to school wearing the uniform. So when they walk in the door, they look like everyone else. So without some type of identifier or some type of knowledge, it's very hard for teachers and counselors and other uh, school personnel to know if that child is a military, you know, child.
1: Absolutely. And it sounds like for the Reserve and National Guard-connected children, the first the first thing is to to find them, to, to help their community know that they're there and a part of it so that they can start to get educated to uh, understand, you know, their unique, I guess, life and what resources that they can avail them um, during particular times, whether it's training or drill or deployment. So what would be your the biggest takeaways from your experience as an educator and working with Aim high and also working with the uh, MIX 3, the Military Interstate Compact Commission. What would be your biggest takeaways you'd like our listeners to know about our National Guard and Reserve
2: children? Well, I believe, as you stated earlier, I believe recognition is the first step, um, realizing that you have military connected kids. Uh, attending your school and um, a couple of years ago I did a presentation at my local school board uh, for April for month of the military child and I had some demographic information and we are a um, my school district is located in Sevier County so if anyone's familiar with the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area or Dollywood we are very much a like tourist driven county with a high transition rate of people coming in looking for employment and and, uh, we're not located near any type of military installation so um, during my presentation when I talked about how many military connected students we had in our county which included active duty it included Coast Guard and it included the National Guard and Reserve my superintendent um, came up to me afterwards and he said I had no idea that these children were in our schools And then the next question, of course, is where are they? Which schools are they in? And at that time during the presentation, we didn't have the identifier, so there was no real way to determine like where the students attended school. Um, So again, I think that recognition is the first step because I do feel like schools want to provide this support um, to those students it's, again, a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding of the resources that are out there to help them provide that support.
1: Absolutely. I mean, based on what you're telling um, telling our listeners, that it it is the first step is really at the state level in, in making sure that our National Guard and Reserve-connected children are falling under this military student identifier because that's the, from what you're saying is that, the easiest way to identify where they are and then start to look at what resources that they can provide them. So so our podcast, though, is always about telling stories. And we love if you have a final inspirational story or a message for us, maybe um, a particular family that you've worked with that you'd love to share to our listeners.
2: Yes, I actually do have a story. Um, This is probably, this story is really what ignited my passion about recognizing and supporting National Guard and reserve children. Like I said, I was a military spouse, so I was involved with the National Guard, um, but uh, this particular child is really kind of what spearheaded me to get involved with the Tennessee National Guard Youth Action Council and to um, advocate to our state legislators um, about the importance of recognizing and identifying the National Guard and Reserve children. So um, I had a student several years ago who was in seventh grade and at the time she was experiencing her mother's fourth deployment. Um, She was the only student in her middle school with a deployed parent and I saw each day the toll the deployment was having on her. Um, Although she had me to talk to, I felt inadequately prepared to help her. Uh, I had experienced a military deployment, uh, actually several deployments, but our experiences were vastly different. My school lacked the support structure and I was unaware at the time of any outside resources for her and her family. I think she could have benefited greatly from a support group with other military kids. And also, I feel that our school needed to develop a better communication system with the deployed parent because the mother wasn't aware of the issues that we were seeing at school. The father was very involved, but I feel it was important to include her mother. And she is really my inspiration to inform schools about the importance of recognizing and training staff to support National Guard and reserve children because I really saw the importance of having those resources and being able to provide those um, resources and also to support her in the school setting because, um, like I said, you could just see the toll that it was taking on her daily. Um, You know, just not being able um, to share her experiences or talk to other kids who were kind of experiencing the th- the same thing that she was experiencing because all her friends, they were going home to like a two-parent home, um, and her life was, you know, just very disrupted because mom wasn't at home, dad was working, um, she had other siblings, you know, dad was taking on uh, both parent roles, so um, she was just kind of left off to herself, I guess, just to uh and it was just it was that time in her life that she really needed the support of her mother. And I just um uh, like I said, I really feel strongly that we could have done more if we had known about some resources.
1: Well, Carolyn, I, I think you summed it up perfectly that our children that our National Guard and Reserve children are are facing these challenges and in some cases alone, um, and they don't have the support of the school or a community that they can connect to. Um, and I hate hearing this story, but in some ways it also warms my heart because out of this this disappointing experience for this, this one child, it has ignited a passion in you so that other children don't experience this. And I want to thank you not only for taking the time to talk to us today, but for sharing your knowledge and expertise with our listeners. I really think you have given us really a lot to think about, and you know, especially when we're considering our National Guard and reserve families, and I just wanna say thank you for being a voice for that community.
2: Oh, thank you so much. It was a privilege to talk to you today, and I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Absolutely, and to all our listeners, thank you for joining us today. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you'd like to hear more about. Have a great day.
0: I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.